Insights into the elements of process safety, the only process safety podcast where each week industry professionals discuss their hands-on experiences and industry-tested solutions of the 14 PSM elements. Brought to you by Smith & Burgess, the trusted process safety advisor to the world's leading companies. Hello, this is Keith Farrow with Smith & Burgess for the Smith & Burgess Process Safety Elements podcast. This week I'll be talking about operating procedures. Yes, everybody wants operating procedures. Everybody wants operating procedures that are current, correct, and accurate. Everybody wants operating procedures that are accessible. All these requirements lend to some questions. So you want to know on your operating procedures what is actually good, who is the best for review, and what do they really tell you to do. So we get into the first question. What is considered good? This depends on your process, in my opinion, depends on how often you do the process or practice or procedure. It depends on how often the operator or the person using the procedure uses that procedure itself. So I prefer to have not the paragraph style, which is an old style, I prefer to have the column style that has columns of information, a step number, an activity, hazards, and other information that's necessary for that step in a stepwise fashion. In doing so, it makes it easy for a new person to go through and look at the procedures. Because let's be honest, your highly trained operators, the ones that are senior and don't really need the procedures for your basic operations. It's your junior operators and these people who are coming up through the ranks that need to learn a new procedure or people transferring between units. Because today, or in this time and error, we're having a lot more training going on because we have a lot of newer people coming on board. So what is good? If you go with the ISO standards, you look at every step has to be defined specifically with individual information and locations. Maybe you don't need to go down that far. If you have a series of compressors or motors that are all the same, one good procedure for all of them with different variations could be used. Now what I do suggest is that things that are critical to the procedure, certain valves, activities, buttons on your console, need to be correctly identified so that it's easy for people to find and get used to finding these things. These locator, whether it's paint, tags, labels, whatever, will help in situations where you have to rush through and do the procedure as fast as possible for emergency situations or abnormal conditions. So who's the best to review this? I'm of two minds of this. Sometimes I believe that the junior operators need to walk the procedures down and see where things are different what they've been trained. Sometimes I believe that the senior operators need to make sure the procedures are always current in doing the training. Sometimes you want to think about having a training set of people who only take care of the procedures and train people. But in each case there are some limitations. Junior operators don't know all the conditions and may not know all the abnormal conditions that need to be avoided. Senior operators may not remember all the steps because they've been doing it for so long. And nothing against senior operators is they may overstep some things that they think is common knowledge or tribal knowledge for your site. And trainers who are not in the plant all the time may not know all the the conditions for the current operating systems. Because we do know that in refineries and gas plants that the conditions of the materials coming in do change a little bit and change what you need to do. So... 
this gives you the answers to most of the questions that you have is how do you do this? Now people ask, well how about checklists? We like checklists at our plant. Well let's think about a checklist for a second. A checklist is a specific device to help you do step by step. Checklists are defined to be used, marked on, and then recorded as a function being completed. For most operating procedures you don't want to use checklists because you'll just slow the operators down. That's my opinion. Now some sites like to use this. If you're doing procedures that are not being used consistently, not abnormal procedures, emergency procedures, those need to be handled differently. But if you're doing procedures that aren't done very often, for a good example, car seals, I prefer using checklists to make sure steps are not missed, that everything is recorded, everything is defined. Now checklists do need to have some supervision. That means someone needs to look over your checklist to make sure that you've completed it and sign off on it. Then this needs to be kept as a paper trail for a year or two to show that work has been done. Now emergency procedures and other abnormal condition procedures, you need to really consider how you're going to store these things and where they're accessible and how often you use them. I like to have tabletops with my operators every month and talk about an emergency procedure and go through how to do a hot shutdown or a cold shutdown or a hot start or a cold start to make sure that they're all current on what the methodology want to do. We also like to do a review of the procedures consistently so if you're doing a tabletop and you find a mistake it's just as good a time to check and edit your procedures as any other time. So when you basically get down to procedures, is this format, format, format. How do you want to present the information? How do you want them to capture the information? Is it critical for someone to know exactly what valve they turn and when they've turned it? Or is it just good for them to know where to go do the valve at the time they need to do it? Because do you want your operators carrying a clipboard with a pen, checking off as they do an activity, or want them walking around doing their rounds, doing the activities they need to do based on the knowledge that they've been given? So this gives you some ideas of what you think about your procedures and how often you should look at them and how much you should work with the procedures. Thank you again for listening to the Smith & Burgess podcast on process safety elements. This was Keith Farrell with Smith & Burgess. I'll be talking to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Smith & Burgess's Insights into the Elements of Process Safety. Visit smithburgess.com for more process safety white papers case studies, presentations, and of course, podcast episodes.